What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Entrepreneur's Edition. We're going to get right into it. Let's get into this business and LLCs. We're going to discuss some anonymity states. We're also going to talk about a few other things in just regards to how to actually sign an LLC as an owner of an LLC. And we're going to get into some tax classification. So stick around. Let's chat. Let's talk about it. It's Entrepreneur's Edition with your girl Killer here on PYBP. Let's get right into it, guys. We're going to start off, kick this off with being an authorized representative or a member of the LLC, right? This is important because you want to make sure that you're always signing any legal document when it comes to your business as the authorized representative or the managing member. The reason you do this is because you want to maintain your anonymity as an individual. You don't want to put your personal information on something that is public, such as your business, right? So I say this to tell you, never use your home address and never sign with your personal name when it comes to any business-related matters because what's going to happen is if anything goes down and any issue occurs with your limited liability company, they're going to find you. And when I say they, I mean anybody that's going to prosecute you for any supposed reason when it comes to business, they can find you so quick by simply doing a corporate, I'm sorry, corporation search. So basically all your LLC's information is public. Every single bit of it down to your address, down to the managing members addresses and everything. So you wanna make sure you keep that information separate and this is going to lead to me telling you about using a virtual address. So what I can say is that the virtual address basically protects you as the entity and it allows you to basically operate within any space, right? And I say space in the sense of in any town, city where you do business. And this basically correlates with what a DBA is. So when you have an LLC, you can basically have it be an umbrella, right? To your multiple businesses. Now the LLC is the actual corporate legal structure that you fill out um, the paperwork for and you submit that to your secretary of state, right? To basically tell them like, hey, I'm an actual business within the community and I'm generating revenue, right? So you filing for that LLC says to America, oh, I exist as a business. Then comes a the, like tax part, but we're going to get into that later. The reason why you don't want to put your actual information on this is literally because it's a business. There is public information. You don't want to be receiving any mail about your business at your home address. You don't want anybody going in to the internet and finding out where you live, where you lay your head at, all because something went wrong with their order and sending you threats or whatever it may be. So I tell this to basically keep you alert and keep you aware of situations that could happen when you're putting your information, such as your personal home address and your personal name on documents related to business that do not need to be there. You also wanna make sure that you're doing business with like-minded people. And I say this because you always hear about Business does not mix with friendship. You do not mix business with pleasure. You do not mix business with anything but business, right? You 
have to make sure that the people around you, the people that you're working with understand the terms of what you're trying to do. So look at it like this, right? If you and your partners within your business, you each have to provide information to be part of this business, right? And this all goes down in your operating agreement. This is where you would talk about um, any type of partnerships, any type of like operating structures where it comes to who's managing the business, who gets to make decisions on the business, who will be doing X, Y, and Z with the business, right? So understand that if you have friends that you came up with and decided to actually start a business with, you need to look at the facts and say, hey, so-and-so, you're not that great with money. I think I'm going to take care of the accounting for this one. Hey, so-and-so, you're not that great at remembering, you know, to get things done. I think we should appoint this to this person. And being able to take the lead and delegate is what makes you a true entrepreneur. We have to understand that as entrepreneurs, we sometimes have to get into the role of doing everything, right? Initially, especially when you're starting off, you get into the role of just handling everything from front end to back end to whatever it may be. And you sometimes miss the point of actually disciplining yourself as an employee of your business. And when you have partners that are friends, you sometimes lose sight of the importance of what you're doing. So it's important that you make sure that even when it's friendship, that everything is documented on paper, that contracts are in agreement, that everybody understands their role within the company and never mix business with pleasure. With all that being said, let's get into some anonymity states. So somebody had asked me this question about like, how can I like not put any of my information on my LLC and still be able to operate and do business normally, right? So this is where we wanna go into the importance of having a DBA for your business. So DBA stands for doing business as. This can be basically registered. Um, once you have an LLC, you can go ahead to your city council, whatever um, like governing board you have for the town where you do business and let's say this is like in my case right consulting you have your business certificate through your actual town where you're doing business and basically how it works is that you would report to your bank your business bank account that this entity like your llc is doing business as such name so for me I have my LLC, right, which is the umbrella company to what I do. And what happens is I have my DBAs under that one LLC. So when I go to file my business certificate, it basically says that my LLC owns this DBA, right, in a sense. And that DBA is what I am doing business as. So it's another name that my business is known as, but it's still the same business. This to really explain would seem weird to some, but when you break it down, basically what happens is your DBA is an extension of your business. So if you have multiple like things that you do, you can put them under that same umbrella of that one entity, the one LLC. 
this saves you money in the beginning, right? In the beginning, this is super like good to start because all your money is going into one bank account. It's one EIN, but because it's only one limited liability company hosting these other businesses or services, whatever it may be, right? All the names that your business can be known as, you're basically at risk of, you know, let's say you were to get sued, they can just take everything. So even though you have multiple business names, the LLC, the legal like structure, corporate structure that you have, it's what's going to be gone after and what's going to happen. We all know that when lawyers start, they don't stop. Once they go after one, they're going to keep going after the next and doing whatever they need to get what they need in order to win their case. So when you're starting off and you're limited on funds, you can go ahead and just make the one LLC. But um, let's say you want to just reduce liability, reduce you having to put any of your information on this LLC, you can go to these select four states, right? And these states in the US allow you to form a domestic LLC. And that's another conversation too. We'll get into what it is to have a domestic LLC and have a foreign LLC and the rules and regulations of it. It may be a different episode. We'll talk about that. But what happens with the anonymity states, right? That includes Delaware, Wyoming, Nevada, New Mexico. These states allow you to operate business in them and not physically have to give your information as to who is running or managing this LLC, right? So it's important to know that when you're forming a domestic LLC in these four anonymity states, you still have to obtain an address to do business within that state. So this is where the virtual address comes into play. Even if like, we'll put it as you have like, for example, a subscription-based business and you're operating your LLC outside of your home state where you physically reside. The business is able to do what it has to do wherever it may be. To be in an anonymity state, all you basically have to understand is that you technically have to do business there. So your virtual address, you have to sign up in that state. So you would go to Delaware, Wyoming, Nevada, or New Mexico, Secretary of State, go through that process of doing the LLC. But before you even do that, set up your virtual address within that state. And you want to make sure that virtual address is a physical location. You don't want to have it be some random landmark in some random area. Find a reputable organization to use as your hosting virtual address, right? I'm sorry, as the host of your virtual address. This is going to be easier for you to open up the business banking account and they're gonna have less issues when you're going through that process. So with the anonymity state, once you form the LLC and all the required docs are presented, you must maintain your privacy by signing as an authorized member or manager. This is something that, um, like I had said earlier, you really gotta be particular about because the whole purpose of having a LLC is to limit the liability upon yourself. So always, when you go to these anonymity states, sign as an authorized representative or a managing member. 
It's super important to do this because the whole purpose of being in that state and doing business is to maintain your anonymity. So Delaware, Wyoming, Nevada, New Mexico, if you don't want your information on blast, go there, follow the right steps and do what you need to do to make sure that the information is legit and you can do your business, you have your LLC and you can get into getting some business credit, baby. So yes. I guess we'll get into what everybody loves and chats about all the time. And that is basically obtaining business credit. So when we look at personal credit versus business credit, they are two completely different worlds. And the fact that business credit is so slept on and so many people um, don't even utilize it is what gets to me. So I want to give you guys just a few tips on how to make sure that you are earning business credit and getting your money right and getting it faster to you. So in order to build business credit, there's a few things that you need. The first one being an LLC. So you need to actually have a limited liability company formed. You have to then obtain an EIN, which is an employer identification number. Even if you don't have an employee in your business, you still need to have an EIN because this is what's going to report um, any income. That's basically your business's social security number. So that's how you report any income of the business to the internal revenue service, right? So you have your LLC, you have your EIN. The next component of this is getting all your information right for your business. So that means having a landline phone number that people can contact you, having a physical business address. If it's not an actual like brick and mortar, you want to make sure that you have a virtual, physical, reputable address, right? So LLC, EIN, legitimate virtual address and business landline, right? These components all um, are going to lead you to having a business bank account as well. So the way you obtain business credit is you got to have all your ducks in order and having your LLC registered properly, having your EIN connected properly, having the business address and um, the phone number connected properly as well. In order to get business credit, you must register your business's phone number with the 411 directory. After that, you have that all set. You're going to want to get a Duns number. The Duns number is provided by Duns and Bradstreet. They're basically like the reporting entity for businesses. You'll find that if you search up a business, you'll see their yearly earnings, how many employees they have, how long they've been in business. The same way that um, when you're going to a lender and requesting credit from them, that they check your Experian, your TransUnion, your Equifax, is the same way that business credit lenders go in and see that you're listed on Duns and Bradstreet. So being listed is one thing, reporting the proper information is another. And what you need to do is if you haven't already and you are an entrepreneur, you have your business, you want to download the NAV app and the NAV app is going to make sense once you have all the ducks in order. Like I had mentioned, the LLC, the EIN, the landline and the address. What's going to happen is NAV is going to show you your business profile and any credit that you have with that business. It'll give you a rating. 
a letter rating and also a number rating, right? The number rating is considered a paydex score. That paydex score is the same thing as your personal credit score, right? In the sense of business. So that paydex score is what you're striving to maintain between zero to 100. I tell all the people that I consult, all my clients, that you want to maintain that business credit paydex score of 90 and above. Basically, you'll hear other people say 80 and above is okay, but when you're doing business, you want to stay legit through and through. You don't want to have hiccups. You don't want to have the chance of, oh, I wasn't, you know, I didn't make the cutoff or I slipped and whatnot. Discipline is everything in business. And it's so important to have, like I keep saying, your ducks in order when it comes to obtaining credit because you're going to build it so fast when everything is going especially if you have a profitable business, right? So the way business credit works is you receive your paydex score after you have paid off a couple of trade lines. So you've probably heard of a net 30, a net 60, a net 90. These are trade lines that are offered from other businesses. Um, you've heard like Uline, Office Depot, um, a lot of companies that extend lines of credit. These trade lines basically allow you to um, receive a product or whatever it is when you request it from a business or a company, right, as a business. And you then go ahead and either pay it back within a 30-day time frame, 60-day time frame, or a 90-day time frame. The way business credit is established is you have to go ahead and actually pay that within a week. So I'm saying this for the net 30, right? A net 30 needs to be paid in full, the total balance of that credit amount that was lent to you in full. And before we even continue, a quick tip about business is that you don't want to co-mingle funds. My gosh, I wish I had like a, a sound like an input, like a crash, like a ding, because it's so important to not co-mingle personal and business funds. And this is why it's so important to have a business banking account where all your business transactions are processed through it. And this is something that is super important for all my entrepreneurs to understand. Even if you don't have everything in order yet, you're starting to do business, create that business profile and get that business bank account set up because you need to make sure you are not commingling funds. I cannot say this enough. The IRS is one of the biggest, I'm going to call them the alphabet boys, one of the biggest mafia style communities, right? That they can come in and just take. There's not really much conversation when it comes to the inter internal revenue service. They just take. So when you're commingling funds, you're basically breaking whatever law it may be when it comes to business and you're allowing your personal money to now do business. This can just, just cause so many legal issues where you want to make sure you keep that money separate. Now, in order to make sure you're building business credit, you need to obviously be paying your bills through your business banking account. What builds business credit is the cash flow, the way you pay on time. It's a ball of things that have to occur in order for this to happen for your business. So the discipline part is you get a net 30 trade line, you pay it off in full in a week, 
And that's going to report to your Paydex score to Duns and Bradstreet. And within, what is it, three months, you can have full-fledged excellent business credit and you can then qualify for lines of credit. So hear me out here, right? Lines of credit are offered to businesses, um, whether they be new or already existing. The way you get business credit if you don't have a business that's already up and running is having projections. I'm sorry, projections, I can't even talk. These projections are so important and these are the components of the financial portion of your business plan that will take your business to the next level, right? If you can plan and you can execute and you can say that I'm going to make X amount of money in this many years and this is going to be my profit and loss and I'm going to have this amount of money saved and ready to do whatever I need to do in the business and you're able to show that information in, you know, real time in the sense of these are my projections, you can qualify for worth of lines of credit in order to fund your business. And we gotta like look at this like this, right? There's credit in the sense of lines of credit. You can have a charge card where you can get an Amex for your business. You can get, you know, funding just for startup capital. You can get funding for whatever it may be. There are even grants out there or loans, I think, um, to wrap your vehicle for your business. It's just a matter of the research that you're doing. But in order to build business credit, I'll just reiterate, you need the LLC, you need the actual EIN, you need a business landline phone number, and you need a address for the brick and mortar or a virtual address that is a brick and mortar to establish business credit. There's a little bit more to it, but the gist of it is having those things in a row, in order, in order to be able to take the next step. Something that I wanna share with all my entrepreneurs is, you hear it all the time, it constantly gets brought up about, oh, um, LLC, S-Corp, C-Corp, blah, blah, blah. A S-Corp, is basically a tax classification that you receive once you've applied for it, right? So having an LLC is the base. That's the base of it all. That's the limited liability, the actual corporate structure that you file with the state. The actual S-Corp is a, not designation, but a classification that your accountant has to file a form and send that, I think it's a 2553, that goes out to the IRS and they have to approve your business to be an S-Corp. So there's a couple of differences when it comes to tax classifications that a lot of entrepreneurs get mixed up. The classification basically is part of the tax code and it allows you to um, either take a draw from your business where you're personally taxed as an employee and you receive a draw from your business, and then that is only taxed federally. So that's about 15.3% that is being taxed. So that's your general self-employment tax that's taken away. That's your S-Corp. You can also be a C-Corp where the actual business pays its own taxes, right? 
So any money that the business um, made, it would pay its own taxes. And then you as a shareholder or whatever in the business, um, you wouldn't have to pay those same taxes, but there's a lot of other things too. These are both corporate structures that you can file and apply for as a classification for your LLC, but it's not like an automatic thing where it's like, oh, okay, I want to be an S corp. Boom. In order to be an S corp, you need to have more than one employee. Same thing with a C corp. There's also other designations right out there. I keep saying designation. I'm sorry. Classifications, tax classifications, tax code. These classifications basically were written in the tax code to allow you to either pay more taxes, less taxes, whatever it may be, whatever works for the structure that you have in your business. I am not a tax representative. I am a business consultant and I will always tell you to seek the proper legal and appropriate advice for whatever component of business that you're getting into, right? When it comes to accounting, when it comes to legal advice, um, anything financial, you want to speak to the professionals who can literally direct you where you need to be and tell you what you need to do. Do not listen to random articles on the internet that have no basis. You want to speak to the professionals who are actually within the field and getting the proper information to make sure that you do not end up behind bars. Because a lot of people don't understand that when it comes to money, it's so quick to get audited, to get hit for fraud, money laundering, all these terrible money situations that could have been avoided with proper documentation and asking the right questions and getting them answered by the right people. I always tell people, you can't ask someone who's never been where you want to go for directions. I cannot reiterate that enough. Stop asking people who have no idea about where you want to go for directions. They're going to lead you blindly. And I say this to let you know that there is so much information regarding entrepreneurship that is just kind of like glazed over. And I want you guys to all know that I'm here for you. I'm still learning day and day. And there's so much that I just want to keep sharing with you all about my journey. So I want to thank you all for listening. Um, it's your girl, Killy here. This has been another episode of Entrepreneurs. Sorry. This has been another episode of Entrepreneurs Edition. And I'm going to keep everything in here. I'm going to just keep it raw because that's what it is. That's what we're about. That's what we're doing. So please tune in. Episode three will be out sometime next week, and I'm going to get into everything about the actual structures of an S-Corp, a C-Corp, the other types of LLCs out there, other types of business structures about sole proprietorship, things like that. We'll dive more into business credit and about how to like structure your business plan and getting your financial statements on point and all that and the great things. And I'll even give you a little bit of a spiel about how to actually start a business from scratch. So we'll talk about that next time. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening and spending this time with me. I hope you have an amazing day, night, whatever it is. Tune in next time for another episode of Entrepreneur's Edition. It's your girl, Killa. And this has been another episode of PYBP. Beautiful. A rich man's world. A rich man's world.